Hey, good morning. This is Pastor Jack C. Pigeon. I'm the executive pastor here at West Houston Christian Center, and I want to welcome you to the broadcast today. We are so excited that you have joined us today. We believe that the word that's being preached and spoken today is going to help bring the change that you've been praying for. I want to invite you to get your Bible, get your notebook, take some good notes. There'll be some links to how to get to our website. If you've got questions or you just want to comment about the message today, we know that you are here for a reason and that God has something for you today. God bless you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, uh, we're handing out some notes for y'all to... Um, it's uh, easier than trying to put something on a PowerPoint. And sometimes it gets too involved to have you follow and try to write it down. And so I thought this was easier. But um, I want to, I want to eventually get to the. Oops, that's not the right one. I want to eventually get to the second page. But this is something that came to me, uh, on, really on the way, and so I want to share this with you real quick. Um, on in Matthew uh, chapter nine. Let's just go there. Matthew chapter nine. It's about the woman with the issue of blood. And I, I've, been, I've been challenged recently in the last months since January about, and since healing school started, I've had a challenge uh, in my back and, and stuff. And so rather than trying to figure out what's wrong, I just said, Lord, I just thank you that I'm whole. And I've been saying that, Lord, I just thank you that I'm whole. I don't care. I don't, I don't need a name. I don't need to know what it is. or isn't. If there's something I'm doing that I shouldn't be doing, well, let me know that. But other than that, I'm just shooting for the, the stars. I'm going for the top. I'm whole in Jesus' name. Amen. And so uh, in looking through my notes about faith and whatnot, since Jack's been teaching on faith on Tuesdays, I thought I'd stay with the subject. And we all need... We all need to increase in it. We all need to strengthen it. Amen. So um, uh, in going through my notes and whatnot, I ran across this in Matthew chapter 9, verse 22. And it, I want to start a little earlier. Let's go to Genesis chapter <laughs> No. Surely I jest. Surely I jest, but maybe not. Maybe not. Okay, 9... And it starts in 22, but um, if you back up a little bit, it's a, a woman which was diseased with an issue in verse 20. Jesus is on his way to heal the centurion's uh, son, and she comes up behind him, and uh, she was diseased with an issue of blood, verse 20 of Matthew 9, uh, 12 years, and came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. For she said within herself, if I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. But Jesus turned him about, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith has made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. Now, the, <clears throat> the word there, whole, in the Greek is sozo, which is our word for salvation. It's the New Testament word for salvation. And... Um, and also the word for body comes out of that, like the body of Christ, that comes out of that. So the body of Christ is made up of, is a, is, if you could say, is a picture of the salvation that, that God has for man. That's who we are. We're a picture. We're, I always like to say we are God's show and tell. He's wanting the earth, the whole world to see that he's a good God, that he's a loving father, that he has a lot of power, and he's manifesting it through his people, his children. Amen? And he's good to his children. And that's why our faith is important, because we're showing off daddy, and he's showing us off, you know. So, um, but the word whole means save, make whole, heal, to be whole, to save, to keep safe and sound. You know, salvation uh, in, in my early years, we used to think it was just when you died, you go to heaven. You get to go be with Jesus. But salvation, it's kind of like heating coffee in the microwave. There's a whole lot of other things you can do with the microwave besides just heat coffee in it. But um, the salvation itself is a bigger package than we've allowed it to be. And so 
I always think of this in, in protection is uh, when they, the car nappings, you know, some, you're at a stop sign and somebody just jumps out and grabs your car, or jerks you out of your car or something. We're protected from things like that. Now we have to keep our faith active in those areas, but uh, we are, that's a part of our salvation package is to be protection, is protection, uh, all of our needs met, prosperity. It's a, it's a huge package. It's a very rich package. And this word whole is to save from a suffering one from perishing, save a suffering one from perishing. I'm standing in the gap right now for one of my nephews, and, and we can reach into other lives and jerk them up out of the fire with our faith. Amen. And so uh, one suffering from a disease to make one well, heal, restore to health, to deliver from the penalties of the messianic judgment or to save from the evils which obstruct the reception of the messianic deliverance. So anything that gets in the way from Jesus being able to deliver, that's part of being whole. Isn't that good? Think about it. Just say, Lord, thank you that I'm whole. I want to believe you to be whole in Jesus' name. And so we were looking at this. Pastor Jack and I were talking about it on the way here. And it says, um, she was diseased with an issue of blood 12 years, and she came behind Jesus. He didn't, she didn't come face to face. She came up behind him, so he couldn't even see her and touched the hem of his garment. Now, I'm not sure, uh, and you can think about it too, to get a revelation of what does that mean for us today? What would it mean for me or for you to touch the hem of Jesus' garment in today's world? Not not, that was a real person that touched a real hem of a real garment. But in today's world, we've got to translate that into a spiritual experience, right? We have to translate it into a, a, a place where it, I can identify with it in my life. And I'm not sure what that is, really. I think it's, I don't know about you, but sometimes in my time with God, I, ha I make better contact than others. Do you? Some, sometimes it's like it's all by faith. I didn't feel a thing. It's just by faith. And then other times I just get lost. And, I'm, and, you, and you, you really connected with the Lord. So maybe that's what touching the hem of his garment could be. But we could, that's something we can ask the Lord. Lord, what does that mean for me today to touch the hem of your garment? How do I do that? But she came up behind him and she did it. And she, for she said within herself. She didn't say this out loud, coming up behind him and saying, if I just touch the hem of his garment where he could hear her. She, it was her self-talk. If I can just touch the hem of his garment. And uh, she said, um, if I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. That's what she was saying inside herself. And Jesus turned, it turned him about. It was so powerful that I, I, I don't know if he just was so sensitive to the spirit realm that he heard that, probably. But it really made me aware that we need to watch our self-talk. <laughs> I don't know about you, but we need to watch our, I need to watch my self-talk. Because it's, this, this was self-talk that turned Jesus around and made her whole. So he says, he turned around and when he saw her, he said, daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. He said her very words and she didn't say them out loud. So I'll just give you that to think about and to meditate on. I think we need to take more of his stories and really meditate on them and see how they play out in our life. You can read something in the Bible, but then when you see it play out in natural life in real in the in the real world play out in real time sometimes we don't recognize oh that's what that is we don't always recognize that but uh pastor jack and i were talking on the way and uh, <clears throat> he said be of good comfort your faith has made you whole and the woman was made whole from that hour so let's stop and think she didn't just get her body healed of an issue of blood she got healed of everything and the money that was taken over 12 years, that's a part of her wholeness. Somehow that money came back. Somehow those bills got paid. She was whole. That's a big word. I'm excited about that word. 
I'm excited about being made whole, aren't you? Thank you, Jesus. That's our protection, our salvation. It's all of our needs, man. It's not just our bodies being healed. It's our minds being whole and, and uh, uh, sound. It's wholeness. Just thank the Lord right now that we are whole. Amen. Father, we're not waiting. We're not just going to get sick and get healed. We're not going to get broke and get something met. We're looking for the divine healing, the divine prosperity, the divine presence of God in our lives where we are whole. Amen. Okay, that's free. <laughs> now we'll go to the notes that you've got. But that's something you can meditate on. Uh, this is something in the, the first page that I've done here. That This is something that's really spoken to me in the last year. Um, and talking about faith is the Passion Translation, Hebrews chapter 11, verses 33 through 36. I love this. And it says, through faith's power, they conquered kingdoms. And he's talking about all the faith heroes in Hebrews chapter 11. Through faith's power, they conquered kingdoms and established true justice. This is so good. <coughs> I highlighted it. I, I bolded it. Their faith fastened onto their, their promises and pulled them into reality. Faith is like a gorilla glue <laughs> or a monster glue or a sticky glue. It goes out and it grabs hold of the promise of God and pulls it into reality. Isn't that good? It was faith that shut the mouth of the lions, put out the power of raging fire, and caused many to escape certain death by the sword. In their weakness, their faith imparted power to make them strong. Faith sparked courage within them, and they became mighty warriors in battle, pulling armies from another realm into battle array. I know you got to think about that for a minute. That's why I want you to have notes so you can see it. Faith sparked courage within these heroes of faith, within them, and they became mighty warriors in battle, pulling armies from another realm into battle array. Faith-filled women saw their dead children raised in resurrection power. I don't know about you, but when I read this kind of this, I want to repent. And say, Lord, please. In fact, I don't think it would hurt for us to repent. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about you, but we don't walk in the power that's available. Yeah. We don't walk fully in the power that's available to us, do we? We're learning and we're getting better every day. The body of Christ is maturing and getting stronger every day. But there's, there's always more. Yeah. There's always, uh, and I just say, Lord, just forgive me when I don't. When I don't, uh, I, I ask you to forgive us in the name of Jesus when we don't put your power to work like we should. Amen? Because we have so much power available to us. And it's, yet it was faith that enabled others to endure great atrocities. They were stretched out on a wheel and tortured, didn't deny their faith in order to be freed because they longed for a more honorable and glorious resurrection. Others were mocked and experienced the most severe beating with whips. They were in chains and imprisoned. It says, uh, these are the little footnotes. This came off of the Bible Gateway. It says um, in, in the Hebrews 11.34, where it says, Faith sparked courage within them, and they became mighty warriors. It said they were restored and healed from sickness. Did you know... But a, 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 a heart that doesn't have faith, that is not a faith, is a sick heart. Okay. In God's eyes, it's a diseased heart. In uh, Deuteronomy 32, 20, I think it is, he talks about Israel and all the things that they had done disobedient-wise. And he said uh, they were a perverse generation, children in whom there is no faith. And, and as I was looking through these things, it made me aware... This is a much more, I don't know if we take it as seriously as we need to about keeping our faith alive and putting it to work. Amen. Putting our faith to work on purpose, activating it, using it. It's a gift from God that Jesus died on the cross to get to us. And 
I don't know. It's just, I don't, I'm just sharing my heart here that I think that um, being restored and healed from sickness. Uh, let's look in Hebrews. We may end up back there again, but let's look in Hebrews chapter 3. <clears throat> It's it just in verse uh, 12 of Hebrews chapter 3. It says, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. So any unbelief is evil in God's eyes, and it's, um, uh, it's also considered um, a diseased evil heart of unbelief but it's also considered, we'll see in a little bit, disobedience. Unbelief is disobedience. So not, at, not moving in faith is a disobedient act. And I don't know that I've always looked at it like that, you know. I think we, I don't know about, I, I can't put this off on you, this is me. That we give ourselves permission. I give myself permission sometimes to get by with things. <laughs> And, I, and we so concentrate on how much God loves us that, that we um, sometimes we um, excuse ourselves because Daddy loves us. I remember one time years ago, I was sitting at the kitchen table and um, I was whining, crying in my coffee. And, and Jesus said to me, he said, you know, I'll sit here with you all day and pat your hand. And listen to you cry. But if you want to win, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. That's what he said to me. I'm like, okay, okay, I'm sorry. So, I mean, he, that didn't mean he didn't love me. But it meant I wasn't going to win. I wasn't going to be an overcomer. And I wasn't going to win the victory. I wasn't going to be an overcomer and bring the victory that, like it's talking about here, their faith. Uh, fastened onto the promise and pulled them into reality, there is a victory that was won before the foundation of the world in any situation any of us are dealing with. It's already been won. And that victory's out there, and it's our job to take our faith and attach it to the, the victory of it and pull that victory into reality. Amen. And I've had him tell me one time, that's all right, you don't, have to, you don't have to accept the victory I've won for you here. Because I was whining that I didn't want to have to fight this battle. And he said, that's all right, you don't have to accept the victory I've already, I've already won for you here. I said, you've already won it? <laughs> and I just have to accept it? <laughs> I felt really bad. So Jesus paid a high price to get these victories to us. He's already won them, but to get them into our life, we have to exercise the faith of the measure that he gave us. Amen. And we have to take it seriously. So uh, in, it says in, um, in Hebrews 11.34 here, and it, although most translate this causing enemy armies to flee, the Greek is literally wheeling ranks Wheeling ranks drawn up in battle order, ranks which belong to another. The implication is that through their faith, angelic warriors wheeled into battle formation, wheeled into battle formation ready to fight with them in battle. So we have angel armies on our team. The angel armies. Amen. I don't, do you think about your angels much? I, I have traffic angels for sure. They get me across the street in traffic. I call on my angels when they're just a bumper to bumper. I said, Lord, I just thank you for my angels. They're opening the doorway and helping me get, get across here. But there's so much more. They bring healing. They bring uh, they, deliverance. They, they're just so much more. So let's turn to the, um, is that it? Yeah, that's it. Let's turn and, and look at this little list of Faith is. One thing that faith is, it's confidence. And sometimes it's, you know, the word faith, you think, okay, so that's faith. So what exactly does that mean? There's a lot of words that you don't know ex exactly what does that mean. And faith, literally, to me, faith is an assurance and it's a confidence. 
If you don't have confidence about something, if you're not assured that that's what you ought to be doing, then your faith's not ready yet. And uh, it is an assurance of things hoped for. Uh, it's a confidence. And so, first off, it'll be, um, well, that's in 11.1. Let's, let's look at Hebrews 11.1. I'm going to read it out of the Amplified. I like it in the Amplified. Uh, there was years ago, oh, what's his name from California? Um, Fred Price. He preached at Bread of Life Church many back in the 80s. And he preached for three days on Hebrews 11.1. 1. And the big, the big revelation was, now faith is. Faith is not in the past and it's not in the future. That's a hoping Faith is in the now. So it's now. Now faith is. Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. I like that. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it says, uh, For by it the elders, I'll go back to the King James, obtained a good report. For by faith, trust, and holy fervor born of faith, the men of old had divine testimony born to them and obtained a good report. By faith, we understand that the worlds during the successive ages were framed, fashioned, put in order, and equipped for their intended purpose. By the word of God. That's, that right there is a real important um, thing to note. That the things are being framed, fashioned, put in order, and equipped. Um, sometimes, you know, you, you get... There's in Isaiah 45 where it talks about... God says, uh, I create darkness, I form the light. God created everything. He created the devil. He created everything. But he didn't give form to the devil. I create darkness, but I form the light. And there's a formation that has to come to us. And that's where we pray for one another in the body of Christ, too. We're, we're participating that we're all being formed and shaped into the image of Jesus Christ. Amen? We're still in the womb, basically, here in the earth. We're still in the womb of his mercies. And, and we're still being formed and shaped. And so our prayers for one another are very important like that. But it's by the word of God. When we pray for one another, we pray, for, we pray the word of God. Uh, in fact, there's a word tonight to pray for you, to pray for us. I should have started off with it. And it's in Ephesians chapter 3. It's in the Amplified. And it's talking about how uh, that uh, we be strength, uh, strengthened in our inner man by the Holy Spirit who dwells in our innermost being and personality. Amen. He strengthens us. Let me, let me get it and read it. Paul says, and this is Ephesians 3, 14. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit, that's through the channel of his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height. Now the Amplified puts it this way. May he grant you, in verse 16, out of the rich treasury of his glory, to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in the inner man. What a good prayer. If you're going to pray for me, pray that. That I be granted out of the rich treasury of God's glory to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in my inner man. Most people deal with low self-esteem and insecurities. The Holy Ghost is on duty. He can go in there and strengthen that heart and shore up, shore up those sails and make you feel confident inside. And faith can rule and reign in there. I like that prayer. 
by his Holy Spirit himself indwelling your innermost being and personality, may Christ, and when we see Christ, we, we know that's the anointing, the presence of God, may the anointing through your faith actually dwell, settle down, abide, make his permanent home in your hearts. May you be rooted deep in love and founded securely on love. May you have the power to, and, and be strong to apprehend and grasp with all the saints, God's devoted people, the experience of that love. What is the breadth and length and height and depth of it? That you may really come to know practically through experience for yourselves the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience. And this is good. That you may be filled that you may be filled through all your being unto all the fullness of God and may have the, whole, the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. That is so rich. It's like death by chocolate. I mean, that is rich, you know. That is so rich. Sometimes I just say, Lord, I can't handle any more. I just can't handle any more. It's so rich. Our salvation is so rich. Amen? Oh, man. And that's a great prayer. And see, what, what we were coming from was that we understand that the worlds during, this is Hebrews 11 again, by faith we understand that the worlds during the successive ages were framed, fashioned, put in order, and equipped for their intended purpose by the word of God. So when I speak, Paul's got prayers in Ephesians 1, Ephesians 3, Philippians 1, Colossians 1, all through the New Testament. And they're great prayers to pray because that word, when you, get a, when you, when you pray that and you, you're meditating that word, eventually it kind of goes off inside of you and you get a revelation or a rhema word. That's what forms and fashions and equips and puts in order, the rhema word. That's what causes faith to come. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. That's a rhema word. You want somebody to preach the word to you that's got a revelation of what they're saying. Something that they're walking their talk. They're doing what they say. I mean, they're doing this. They're walking the word out and they get a revelation. It's kind of like if I told you, gave you directions to go somewhere and you had never been there before. And so you're, you're trying, and if it doesn't turn out just right, you could get lost well, if you'd been there before, you have a revelation of that curve in the road and that, hard, that street is hard to see. You know those things. Well, that's what happens when we walk in the Word. We get an understanding of things, and then we get a revelation. And the revelatory Word is power. It's upholding the entire universe, it says in Hebrews 1. It's being upheld by the Word of His power. It's the whole universe is being upheld by revelation that God, when he spoke like me, he had a revelation that that yeah. word works. He knew it. And that's what's holding it all together today. Yeah. So, they're equipped for their intended purpose by the word of God so that what we see was not made out of things which are visible. In the, he, in the uh, King James, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds are the ages. There's two different uh, words here, ages and worlds. The worlds is like a um, chronological... Uh, oh, what's... The, I can't think of the word there. But anyway, you have, you have the chronological age of the world, and then you have ages. This is ages. We understand that the ages were framed uh, by, and, and Rick Renner says, it says the word of God, but it, he says a word. And he's a Greek scholar, so I'll take his word for it. <laughs> uh, through faith, we understand that the, the ages were framed by a word. Just a word. We don't need a whole, whole lot of words. A word from God can change the whole situation. Just the fact that we got hold of being made whole tonight could just think of what that can think of. You know what that is, Pastor Jay? That's those windows opening. That's those windows opening. Getting made whole instead of just healed. 
getting made whole and just have, instead of just having a need met. Yeah. Getting made whole where we can turn and help take a... This just came to me. I don't know if you watch the news, but on Fox News, there's a guy named Ed Henry. He's a, one of the reporters. And his sister had liver cancer and he was going to give her, he gave her a part of his liver. I did not know this about the liver, but uh, they, they reported this because he was doing this. He gave her, they took a third part of the top of his liver and grafted it to her. And they said within six months, both of them will have full livers being made whole. Touch just a little bit being made whole. Isn't that amazing? Our bodies are amazing. And we're whole. Just keep calling yourself all week. Just thanking the Lord that we are whole in Jesus' name. And I think that that's going to release the windows of heaven. That's going to release the... Um, oh, man. Thank you, Jesus. It's going to release everything in us. We're made whole. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm about preaching myself happy here, so... Okay, obedience, Hebrews 3, 7 through, 3, 7 through 4, 12 talks about being obedient. And it talks about unbelief. When it talks about unbelief, that is disobedience. So faith is really important in our obedience. 7 says, wherefore as the Holy Ghost, this is Hebrews 3, 7. Wherefore as the Holy Ghost says today, if you will hear his voice, Harden not your hearts as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years. Wherefore I, I was grieved with that generation and said, They do always err in their hearts, and they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief, in departing from the living God, but exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Uh, the word hardened there, just for an FYI, we get sclerosis from that. Multiple sclerosis, hardening of the arteries. And I think that's interesting that our hearts can harden. And uh, he said, uh, Exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. I'll tell you, I think one of the dangers of the day we live in and the strife that's going on in the politics and just everywhere. I mean, you know, just if you if you have a phone and you read the news off of it, you're going to get YouTube's bouncing in and the guy going crazy on the airplane and people going into the McDonald's and screaming their lungs out and all that kind of... I mean, you could get your... Your heart can get hard you, because you just have to resist that. And I think one of our, one of our dangers is, to, is that our hearts will harden, will harden to some of this disobedience and some of this lawlessness. And, and we have to be really, really careful and keep the blood of Jesus over yourself and stay um, sweet as best you can <laughs> because... It will harden our hearts, and then we'll suffer for that. And we don't want our inner man to harden. We want that to stay alive and quickened by the Holy Spirit. Amen? So uh, he says, um, for we are made, verse 14, we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. So that word confidence, that's our faith. Remember, it's confidence, assurance, substance, while it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. For some, when they had heard, did, did provoke. For some, when they had heard, did provoke. However, not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. Um, but with whom was he grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose corpus fell in the wilderness? And to whom swear he that he, they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not. Now that word believed not there, we get our word apathy from. And to me, that's another thing we have to be careful for, is to become apathetic about things. They, things can become so overwhelming that you just check out. 
because you become apathetic. And so I think we, we just need the help of the Holy Ghost in our lives to make sure we don't, we don't just, I mean, years ago, uh, a guy at Bracewood, what was his name? Camel McAlpine. McAlvin? McAlpine. And uh, he said, you know, if the devil can't keep you from 100%, he'll push you to 150 and, it, and if, he can't, if he can't keep you from believing, he'll push you out of the timing, the season. He'll push you out of the time frame. So he doesn't care how he can get you off center, just as long as he can get you off center. So um, uh, there's overwhelming things around us, and, and we can't take care of all of it. So you have to be real careful to... Stay focused with the Holy Spirit and just do what He tells you to do. You, your, your sphere of influence is only so big, and if it doesn't, if it does not a part of your sphere of influence, then don't get caught up in it and worried over it. And I think we have to watch ourselves and, and be careful because there are overwhelming things happening today, and we can't solve all the problems, but we can obey the Holy Ghost. Yeah. And put one foot in front of the other. Amen. Uh, I used to, one guy put it like this, don't sidle up your horse and ride off in all directions. <laughs> That's what I would do. I'd see all the needs and want to ride off in all directions, but we can't. That, that there is a trap of the devil yeah. to get you to go off in all directions. Amen. And so uh, this word unbelief there, but to them that believed not, those who were apathetic, to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not. Those that were apathetic, I guess. Uh, dis disobedient and not persuaded. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. And unbelief there is faithless. Unfaithfulness. So your faith and your obedience have a lot to do with each other. Amen. Yeah. And um, let's look back at confidence Hebrews 10:35 cast not away therefore your confidence which has great recompense of reward don't cast away your faith it has a great recompense of reward and i think one of the the things is is to be uh is to stay uh, to stay with your faith i was reminded today in John chapter 11 let's look at John chapter 11 real quick what time is it Okay, we got a few minutes. John chapter 11. I think this is so powerful. This, this is a scripture that the Lord gave me concerning my mom many, many years ago. And he, he, it was a John eleven forty. but the whole chapter spoke to me. And I thought when I was praying for her, I, you know, reading about Lazarus, I thought, well, gosh, Lazarus was dead and buried four days in the grave, and she's still alive on earth. So I'm way ahead of the game in, in this situation. But look in, uh, at the very beginning of chapter 11 in John. Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. It was that Mary, which it was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sisters sent unto him, saying, Lord... Behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified. Now that is a powerful statement right there. And un, uh, this sickness is not unto. Unto means to the advantage of. This sickness is not to the advantage of death. You know, when we don't put our faith out there and we don't stay with our faith, we give it to we make place for the devil, don't we? And and God does God gets shamed. He gets shamed in the midst of that. And it's we, we think it's about us, but it's not about us. It's a, it's not even about that other person, it's about him. He he paid the high price for the souls that we're believing for. He's paid the price for that, and he deserves to get the glory for it. And so um, if we can get out of ourself and, uh, you know, you start off thinking, I'm going to be a good little Christian and pray. And then you, then you, you kind of wear out on that. And then you do it for the other person because you, you want to see them not go to hell. And then you kind of wear out on pretty soon. They make you wish that 
<laughs> Maybe they want to go pretty bad. And so then you get to the place where it's not about you, it's not about them, it's about God, and he deserves the glory for this. But what Jesus said, this sickness is not to the advantage of death, but for. For is over and beyond for the sake of and in behalf of exceedingly abundantly. It's a rich, rich word. For it's for the glory of God that the Son of God might be glorified thereby through this. And... Um, stop and think about Jesus is just ministering. He gets this word that his friend is sick. His first comments, what are your first comments about a situation? They're very important. And if you, if you miss the mark there, we'll go back and repent and put the blood over it and start over. I always used to say, you could, if you fall off the horse, we'll just get back on and go again. Repent and get on the horse and ride some more. But, um, and stay in faith, in an assurance, and in a confidence. And you may have to go sit alone with God. You may have to have a come to Jesus meeting and sit alone with God for a while until you build your faith and you have a confidence that this is that you and God are a team here. Amen. You are His partner, His covenant partner. We are His covenant partners in the earth to get a job done here in the earth. And when Jesus heard this, he said his, he, he established the end from the beginning right off. This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that through it the Son of God will be glorified. End of conversation. Then he goes on, and then he, and he goes over there, and he finds out that Lazarus has died. Now, let's be honest. How many of us would have just let go of our faith right then? And I, like I said, I'm not trying to get people to raise the dead at funerals. You don't even go there unless you know that you know that you know. And if you do, if it's the Holy Ghost in you, you you wouldn't have, you'd just be drawn along by His power anyway. It's not something you have to sit around and say, "I wonder if I'm supposed to go raise that man from the dead." No, if you're wondering, you're not. <laughs> so don't make a fool of yourself. <laughs> you know, but but um, when he got there. That was the scripture that the Lord gave me for my mom. If you believe, you shall see the glory. And when he got there, and Lazarus was already dead, but Jesus says, uh, after he groaned in the spirit, he said in verse 41, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. Remember that woman with the issue of blood? She said within herself, and Jesus heard that. But and we, and He turned. I mean, our faith has the ability. God may have this plan, but if He if He finds somebody with faith, He'll turn and go with them and honor that faith. It thrills Him to see us when we use our faith. And I might fall flat on my face using my faith, but the fact that I was using my faith and attempting to do things. In faith, he's pleased with that. He wants us to grow in, in that faith. Amen? This is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. This is what punches the lights out on the devil, is our faith. Because he can't get past this word. So he said to the Father, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. Well, when did he heard him? He heard him four days earlier when he first heard that Lazarus was sick. Yeah. That's when the father heard him. So when Jesus got there and the grave had been closed for four days, he wasn't concerned about that because I, I want to get to that place where I could be that confident. Amen? Yeah. In my, Not just in him or in me, but in him in me. Yeah. Amen? I want, to, I want to trust the Christ in me. I want to trust the voice in me. I want to trust um, the faith that I'm operating out of. I want to trust it. And that's where I think sometimes we, we don't. But at any rate, then he tells her to move, to move away the stone, and she says, well, he's going to stink. And, and, um, and then he said this to the Father, though, I thank thee that thou hast heard me, and I knew that thou hearest me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, 
that they may believe that thou hast sent me. So he said it out loud so that people would know yeah. that this is a this is something between. It takes it takes a, oh, we're gonna go ahead and well I'll just go quickly through these. I'm not gonna talk about each one. I'm just gonna read out the top. Faith is obedience. That struck me that faith is obedience. Uh, it's our helper. That's a good one right there. Uh, Hebrews 11.33 in the Amplified. Who by the help of faith. That's important to know that faith is a tool given by God. Faith is a substance. Faith is the person actually of Jesus himself. And it makes me real, uh, think about the, when Jesus said, uh, the Sabbath was not made for man, but man, I mean, the man was not made for the Sabbath, but the Sabbath was made for man. Jesus came to serve us. He wants to serve us. And we end up, rather than allowing him to serve us and minister to us, we sometimes get busy serving him. And then we never get our, we never get to that whole place where we need to be to be a good servant to the Lord. Amen. Did that make sense? But faith is a help. Faith is in the helps ministries. It's part of the helps ministry. You know, the, the, the headship of God is authority and ability. A male and female image of God. The helpership is a part of who God is. I think sometimes with the helps ministry, we just sort of like kind of put it down. But it's, it's, it's right up there next to headship. It's a part of who God is. And faith is uh, the help of faith. He said, who by the help of faith subdued kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promised blessings, and closed the mouth of lions. Your faith, then you'll look in, in, verse, in Luke there, it says a servant. It talks about being a servant. Faith is a servant. And, it's, and, it, and he goes out and does the work for you. You send your faith out and believe in God for a soul or believe in God for a new job or for believe in God for whatever it is you're believing God for. And faith is a servant. It's the servant, and you send it out. You and the Holy Ghost. That's how the Father did it in the, in the beginning. We could go to Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, there was darkness over the surface of the earth, and then the Holy Spirit began to hover, hover over that darkness. And the, the fatherhood of God even waited till the Holy Spirit had hovered with him and then he said, light me, and light was. And that's what we need to do is to sit and let the Holy Spirit hover. And then when our words come forth, they're power-filled. They're the right words. And our servant of faith is working. Uh, in Hebrews 1, faith is the substance of things hoped for. In Hebrews 1, 3, Jesus is that substance. So Jesus and, and faith are the same thing. He is faith. He's it. It's energized by love. But only faith activated and energized and expressed and working through love. So if this is where the devil will try to get you in strife, so you choke out the love effect, and then you think you're working by faith, but faith is not working anymore. It's energized by love. It, the momentum of faith is going to run down if love is, disappears. So it's real important. It's a law. The law of faith. We no longer have to live by the law of the religion or even the laws of this world, except that we are called to abide by the governments of this world. But, I mean, we are called to be good citizens. But faith is our law. Whatever is not of faith is sin. That's, that's, a, that's a big scripture right there. Whatever's not a faith is sin. Whatever's not, if, whatever I step out to do and, and I'm not confident that this is God telling me to do it, then it's going to cause me to miss the mark. Yeah. Sin is simply missing the mark. And I don't, I don't want to miss the mark. So uh, you need to be confident that this is what you're supposed to be doing. And if you can't, if you can't be confident right now, then don't move yet. If you don't know what to do, don't do anything. Amen. So it's a work, the work of faith, and it's a spirit that speaks. When God created Adam and he blew into his nostrils, he became a life-speaking spirit, just like his father. Amen.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the measure of faith, Lord, that you gave us. We thank you for the measure. You know, when Pastor Jack said five things you want to be grateful for, I have three healthy children. I'm grateful for my health, even though it's been challenged a little bit. I have three healthy children and nine healthy grandchildren. That's amazing. Nine healthy grandchildren. And healthy, I mean, no, we haven't spent years at MD Anderson or Texas Children or something like that. When, when Jack C. Uh, was 16, he had a kidney problem and uh, we were out at Texas Children and sitting there, you know, and people would come in the waiting room or where the pharmaceutical was and, uh, and they knew each other because they lived out there with their 18-month-old child. And I, I think back on that, you know, I think, oh, that was their whole world. Yeah. Their whole world with their children. So we have a lot to be grateful for. Um, and, and one of the things I'm really grateful for, too, is to know God. Yeah. I think that's the most, the, the biggest thing I'm grateful yeah. for, that we know him. Yeah. Yes, you meet somebody that doesn't know him and the curse is on their life. And they don't have any hope. They don't know where to go. They don't have any place to turn when they're in trouble. Jesus. We just pray for all of those souls, Lord, that you want to bring in, bring into the kingdom. We're here, Jesus. <laughs> and we want you to let us help, help in that area. We just thank you for it. We thank you, Jesus, that you went, you went the distance. You obeyed unto death. Thank you for your, your ministry, Jesus. Thank you for your love, but thank you for your obedience. Thank you for your faith. He went in the grave by faith, or he would not have come out. And we would not have had salvation. So we thank you that your faith did not fail. Your faith faileth not, Lord. And we thank you that because of you, our faith won't fail. Amen? Because he's in us. So we just thank you. We're going to believe God that we're whole and that he's strengthening our innermost being and personality by the, his spirit that dwells there. Amen? And we're whole and strong in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>